This is episode number 86 with myself and my fiance, Kristen. Welcome everybody to the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. I am your host, Ryan McGuire. This is a podcast where each week I will bring you a guest or a message to help you along your own pursuit of happiness. Everyone's pursuit of happiness looks a little different, so topics range from mental health, diet, nutrition, adventure, relationships, or talking with an expert that has an inspiring story to help all of us overcome our struggles and pursue our own happiness. And today, I'm going to take you on a little journey that myself and my fiance, Kristen, just took in the beautiful state of Montana and northern Idaho. And when I say journey, I mean buckle up for quite the adventure that we just took, spending six days in Bozeman, Great Falls, East Glacier, West Glacier, and the beautiful town of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. We've gotten really good feedback when we've done follow-up podcasts to our previous trip, so that's exactly what we're doing here. I know it's not quite the same as taking the adventure yourself, but we are here to inspire you to take your own journey and give you tips, tricks, and advice along the way. And if you've listened to any of our previous adventure podcast, you know that we cram a lot into a little. Honestly, I don't know how to do it any other way. We take advantage of every day that we have in every location that we go to. Now, I won't give away too much in this episode before you listen to it, but I will say that this trip was as adventurous as any we have ever taken. And yes, that includes our seven-day trip to Alaska last year. There were many highlights of this trip that we talk about, but two big ones were dinosaur digging. Yes, we actually got to dig for dinosaurs in the mountains of Montana, finding dinosaur bones and fossils. It was incredible. We talk all about that. And we also talk about our first grizzly bear encounter. Now, personally, I've hiked in Alaska. I've hiked in Tahoe, Wyoming, Idaho, and I've been to Glacier before. And this was both of our first bear encounter when we ran into a mama bear and her two cubs, which any experienced hiker knows that is a very dangerous situation. I will fully admit our heart rates took off. They skyrocketed. We are pretty nervous for quite some time. Um, We had bear spray with us, but you'll have to listen to the whole story. It is crazy. We survived, obviously. So you will have to listen to the podcast to hear that story. It was such an amazing time altogether. We're still catching up on sleep, but we wanted to bring this to you as soon as possible. Glacier National Park is just such a special and magical place. It is truly the gem of the North American continent. And Montana itself was just such a great place to explore. And ending off in Coeur d'Alene was absolutely perfect. There was no better way to end the trip. All right, I've rambled on long enough and you're going to hear me ramble on some more over this podcast as it's myself and Kristen, but we're super happy, super excited to bring you this episode of our adventure. Thank you all for listening. Hey, Kristen, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Ryan. Again? Again. This is number five. <laughs> I've lost count. Five or six? 
I guess that's what's going to happen when you're marrying me, is you're going to be featured on the podcast. I have no choice. <laughs> you don't. For better or for worse. You don't. Um, we will actually be doing one, I'm sure, after our wedding to talk all about it. The big day is coming in, what, 20? Uh, less than 30 days. Like 25 days or so. Um, but this episode is not about that. This is about our most recent adventure to Montana, Glacier National Park, dinosaur digging, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and flying out of Spokane. And I will say it was quite the adventure that we did in, was it six days? Mm -hmm. Like five and a half, six days or so. Um, if you've listened to our other travel podcast about trips we've done, giving tips and advice, um, it's it's becoming apparent that we cram a lot into a little. Um, I don't know how else to do it. We take advantage of being so far from home and do everything that we possibly can while we're in that area. And uh, this trip was actually an extra special trip because it was Kristen's birthday and Christmas present. Um, her birthday. You gotta, you gotta combine those together, uh, huh? Well, the whole life with the with the cost of the trip. <laughs> yes, um, I warned you ahead of time. I'm sorry, Kristen. I'm going to be combining your presents, but it will be worth <laughs> it. I promise. Um, so yeah, your birthday is on the 20th, and obviously Christmas is on the 25th. And once I knew that being a paleontologist for the day and digging up dinosaur bones was a gift that I could possibly get you. I couldn't not get you the gift. There's no way I could hold on to that for years and years. I just combining the presents made it a little easier on me. Um, we'll get there momentarily, but that was your big gift. And I knew that Glacier National Park was what number one number one or two on your national yeah. park to do yeah. visits and i had been to glacier five years ago but i only spent like i don't know 24 hours or so up in that area so getting back there was a park i really wanted to go back to i had such a good experience five years ago and so knocking off both the dinosaur dig and glacier national park and I really wanted to see Bozeman. And I really wanted to see Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Um, it was a no-brainer. And so we're going to talk about the route that we took, um, pros and cons. Pros and cons of the entire trip, actually. So let's get it started. Um, we flew out from Raleigh, North Carolina with Southwest to Bozeman. Because Southwest flies right into Bozeman. It is not the closest airport to Glacier National Park. Um, but I really did want to check out Bozeman, so it was a good excuse to go there. Closer airports to Glacier National Park are Missoula and Great Falls. And I, there's probably smaller ones that are closer. Uh, Whitefish probably has one. But then you're starting to look at increased prices, and part of the fun was us going to different towns and different cities. So we flew into Bozeman. I've heard really good things about Bozeman. People have talked it up for quite some time. Um, so, Kristen, I'll ask you, initial thoughts of Bozeman. I really like the downtown. Yeah. I thought it was a nice walk through. Lots of different shops, not too touristy, really. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, all, all together. I wish we would have spent 
a little more time there. We just didn't have enough time because there's some cool museums to go to. That's it. Yeah, so with Bozeman, um, we landed like 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock or so. And then, so downtown isn't too far from the airport. So we got, we stayed at the La Quinta just in the outskirts of downtown. I would recommend that. Mm -hmm. I didn't see any glamorous hotels or anything, right? No, no. I mean, La Quinta is pretty basic, but it seemed like we stayed at one of the better hotels in the place. So I'd recommend La Quinta. It was only, you know, not even five minutes from getting downtown. So pretty easy. And downtown, pretty easy to find a place to park, walk around. As you said, shops. It's just a lot of coffee places, t-shirt places, uh, cafes. Lots of coffee shops. Yes. Like more so than you would think. Yes. And it's hard to pick out what's going to be good to you, but I'd just say do your research or just take your best guess. Yeah, but. everything we had was was pretty good. So don't stress too much about the coffee. It was all pretty good. Uh, keep in mind, Bozeman is a ski town. So going in the summer, not super busy. Um, definitely plenty of people there, but I'm guessing there's a shoulder season there in the fall. So if you're looking for a quiet time to go, that's probably it. But things might be closed. Overall, pretty impressed with Bozeman. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's just me. Do you get the feeling that we left a little bit on the table as far as Bozeman goes? Yes. Like, I didn't. I don't feel that I've left seeing like everything Bozeman had to offer. Granted, we are there for twenty four hours, so obviously that's not possible. But we did walk around multiple times downtown. We walked around the outskirts of downtown. Overall, a good time. People did really hype it up. I I won't say that I understood the hype. Yeah. It was a cool place. I recommend going. Spend a few days there. I think you're good. But I also feel that we probably missed some things. There's probably some cool hikes on the outskirts because there is mountains. When you compare it to like a Tahoe, you know, Tahoe's a ski town. Yeah. I would choose Tahoe yeah. 10 times over. I mean, I agree. I do agree. It makes me feel like, what did what did we miss? That's, yeah. You know what I mean? Bozeman is cool, but I was like, what what did I miss? Um, we were just talking before we hit record here on, what what museum is it? Museum of the Rockies, is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Um, so, Kristen, you, you know, you're a big dinosaur fan, which is why I got you the gift. That's not something we did. I think if we had more time there, we probably would have spent more time there. But uh, as far as I know, and Kristen, I know you did research, um, a lot of dinosaur bones and skeletons and fossils are, are in this museum, correct? Yeah, yeah. And they mentioned that when we get to the dinosaur dig part of it. But yeah, a lot of the dinosaurs that have been founded in Montana are actually at this museum. Yeah, so that could be something, you know, if we had more time, we'd recommend it. Um, rated pretty highly, and there are signs all over Bozeman for this. So it is very clear and very apparent that this is one of the standout things to do in the Bozeman area. And so just to kind of keep moving forward here, um, walking downtown Bozeman was, was fun. It was cool. Felt very safe, easy to find parking. Mm -hmm. Um, so we ended up having dinner that night. Um, where was it? It was at, uh, it's at the brewery. Yes, it was. Montana Ale Works. And how did we find that? Was that recommended to us? No. No? We just walked past it, or we were looking on Yelp. So that's 
at the very end of like the main stretch there um we enjoyed it mm-hmm. right yeah yeah good appetizer decent meal yeah um yeah we sat outside good good place to sit windy outside. it was like super windy yeah i'm trying to think what did you get there what did i even you get got there? a salad oh with the uh, kebabs yeah you got veggies and kebab you got a bowl a bowl with kebabs and then oh my gosh they came back i feel like it's so long ago but it yeah, wasn't it was like just over a week ago now I got the salad. I got the Caesar salad, and I added the uh, like the strip steak to it. It was so good. Yeah, yeah. And so, we'll definitely recommend this place. Mm-hmm. Um, a common theme you're gonna find throughout Montana and this podcast: a lot of bar food. Um, a lot of bar food. And I will say, Kristen, I know you know this. You spoil me with the way that you cook. <laughs> um, we both like to eat healthy. Health is important to us, and traveling and eating healthy isn't always the easiest. And going to Montana this trip, it was not an easy. That was that was <clears throat> difficult. Is because there's a lot of like breweries, a lot of like pub food and stuff like that. So it was a little more difficult. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I guess I wouldn't say like breweries and pub food but it's just stuff that we just don't normally eat or care to eat and the prices were like yeah $18 for a burger yeah. and fries and we're like mm. yeah I'm just I guess I'm saying with pub foods like let burgers and fry places everywhere that was very easy to find yeah um so yeah but that the Montana Works was recommended um as I said you know walking around downtown and everything felt really safe so we just kind of ended the night doing that and uh you know us being from, from the east coast we went to bed semi early but i think we kind of had it in the game plan to go to bed at decent times to wake up and take advantage of the mornings so we woke up and a place that we went to in the morning was jam we were actually looking into going to nova cafe as it was decently rated on multiple websites i was looking at and with our puppy that we're looking at right now uh, named nova it was i was pretty interested in going there but some locals actually told us Jam was better. We got recommended by people that went to Bozeman that go to Jam. So if you go to Bozeman... I had do, actually recommended Jam. And you did recommend mm-hmm. Jam. And so one thing that we were told is get in line. Book a reservation and get in line early because it is jammed packed. And it was for us. Um, so I'm glad you got us on the waiting list that morning. We drove down. We didn't have to wait too 20 long. minutes, that's it. But there was a crowd, and the crowd was outside too. Mm-hmm. So this place is legit. And they won't see you unless your whole party is there. Yep. So Parking is, is fairly easy in Bozeman. Which is really nice. Yeah. We can't say the same. We don't know about the ski season. Um, there could be a bunch more people there, and parking could be quite a bit more difficult. We're not entirely sure. But Jam was recommended. I'd go back. Yeah. It's really good breakfast food. Mm-hmm. It was really, really good. Really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, I got the, their huevos rancheros. Yeah, their was cocktails look good. They're yeah. like morning cocktails. I didn't get to try one, um, but they look really good. Yeah. So I highly recommend Jam. Once again, we walked around. We ended up getting bear spray uh, at one of the sporting goods mm-hmm. stores right there on the on the main street in Bozeman. There's a lot of cool sporting goods stores and like running stores. Yeah, was it Run Bozeman that we got our shirts? I think so. Yeah, Run Bozeman. Everything is right there within like a five to ten minute walk, which is pretty nice. And so, 
we got our bear spray there. Um, just FYI, if you're going hiking in Montana, and we'll go over this momentarily, get bear spray. Um, it's going to cost you about 45 to 50 bucks. We saw one for 45 bucks and took advantage of it. And that was, I think, the cheapest we saw the entire trip. Yeah. So we bought bear spray. And right from there, we're like, all right, we have to take off. And we stayed in Great Falls, Montana, which was on the way to the dinosaur dig, which was the next day. So on Thursday afternoon, we hopped in the car and we drove to Great Falls, which was what, two hours, two and a half hours, it's two that, and a half yeah. hours. Um, Great Falls. Pretty cool town. Smaller, as you mentioned, kind of dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like walking around there. It was nice. It was nice. It was a nice small town. And, uh, yeah, we actually caught the running trail there by the water. Yes. Which yeah. was nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ran a few miles there by the water. There was a water trail. We crossed a bridge. You get uh, views of the town over the river there. Um, I I enjoyed my time in Great Falls. I thought it was a cute little town yeah. to stop through. Yeah. I, I would say a day or two max. Is good to spend there. Mm-hmm. Not much else happened. Lots of shops were closed, so yeah. we couldn't really check out the shops or anything. Yep. But uh, enjoyed my time at Great Falls. Um, very outdoorsy town. More breweries. And we went to a um, pizza place. Artisan Pizza. Mm-hmm. Artisan Fire. Artisan Fire. Um, Which was, we saw one in Coeur d'Alene. Yeah. The same company. Yep. So it seems to be somewhat of a chain, right? Uh-huh. Um, so what are your thoughts? What was your thoughts on that? I thought it was good. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't expecting more, but yeah. pictures in the reviews, Yelp and Google were accountable on yeah. that. So and we sat outside and yeah, it was decent. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the Mediterranean salad. I love Mediterranean food. It was pretty good. I was pretty happy with it. Yeah. And you got the pizza there and yep. you were happy with it. Mm-hmm. You're a good pizza judge. Yeah. So, all right. Artisan fire pizza. Go for it. Um, so we stayed at the Arvin Hotel, which is, I guess you can say like downtown. Downtown. It's kind of historic. It is very historic. It's one of those, it's it's cool. Look at the photos. Um, I'll link it in the show notes. Um, looks like a place that could be haunted. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it was haunted, but it was actually a really decent deal. The ratings were really high and you can just walk right outside and just walk down the street and all these places are right down the road. So um they had a cool parking garage to the back it was inside and very safe and secure so definitely recommend that and right outside the doors when we caught the trail by the river and we walked to get food and everything so everything was in walking distance slept really well there everything was cool with the arvin i have nothing bad to say about them and the reviews were good so two thumbs up for the arvin and then we woke up early the next day and took off to go to Bynum, Montana, mm-hmm. to the, uh, was a Montana Dinosaur Center. And this is where the trip gets kind of cool and unique. <laughs> um, so yeah, so this was Kristen, this was your present, being a huge uh, dinosaur fan. I will say, like, I'm a dinosaur fan, love Jurassic Park movies, love just dinosaurs in general, but I do not know the scientific names of dinosaurs. So when everybody had to go around the van and be like, what's your favorite dinosaur? I was like, oh, Tyrannosaurus Rex. And everybody was naming like specific <laughs> scientific names of dinosaurs. Yeah, like there was like a seven-year-old <laughs> who said a dinosaur <laughs> name better than I could. <laughs> I was like, 
I'm I'm in the wrong van. <laughs> when I said Triceratops, that was always that was the cool one to me. <laughs> Everyone's was Tyrannosaurus Rex, and I was Triceratops. Um, but what a cool experience, huh? Yeah. Very very unique. Um, so just to kind of go over briefly how this goes. So if you're gonna look at doing this, which I imagine you would recommend to a dinosaur mm-hmm. fan, right? I would almost recommend doing the two day. Wow, really? Yeah. Yeah, I felt, even though it was kind of tiring, it was like one of those where you just, you didn't want to stop because once you found something and once you started, it took a while for me because they do this whole education of what's a bone, what's a rock, how to classify it. And I think it took a while, I mean, at least two hours for me to really understand the difference between like a rock and a bone. Yeah. Even though they showed you until you actually found one. That's when I when, that's when it started clicking with me of like what's a bone, what's a rock, and then once you start finding more, you're like, ooh, I yeah. want to keep, I want to keep digging, and you then never know what you can find. Under yeah, that stroke. and then they write your name down, and yeah. they if you find a bone, Ryan and I found, I think I found two, you found one. They put your name down associated with the the bone that you find, and I think I mean we didn't we don't even know what the bones we found were related to, but they will piece them together somehow. And they're small, though. They're not, like, massive bones. Yeah. It's like a big rib bone. The, that was... seven-year-old found, like, a vertebrae. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Like, yeah. that was planted. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it wasn't planted. He was very lucky to find that. But, yeah, they write your name down with the bone fragment, and then you your name is associated with the discovery of what they end up putting together. So I'm going to go ahead and try. Her name was Maya, our guide. I'm going to try to get her on my podcast so we can talk about this more. Um, I got to reach out to her. We, we talked briefly out there. She wants to confirm it's not against company policy. So I'll see if I can get her on here. And uh, just to kind of go over real quick how the day went. So you, you arrive between 8.30 and 9 and around 9 o'clock. They put you in a van with a group of people, whoever signed up for that t- same day, same time slot. And you're in the van for about an hour, I would okay. say. And so basically you're going back down the highway probably the way you came you gotta go south a little bit and then you just start taking some side roads and you are in the middle of the mountains of montana um i i couldn't point to you on a map where we were um there's some barbed wire fences they have to open up and let you go by because we're on a rancher's private land yeah and they have to have you have to have permission to do this and i'd say about 15 to 20 minutes on these back roads and everything they you see you pull up to this like trench if you will and it's where they are literally digging out dinosaur bones and fossils and before you get started they show you you just kind of walk down this hill you're in the middle of the mountains you're walking down this hill and they show you big actual big bones yeah from what what were these hadrosaurs hadrosaurs and tyrannosaurs the tyrannosaurs we saw were, those bones were flatter and those were more of like the limb bones that they were showing us. But the hadrosaurs, they were actually showing us like partial hip and tails mm. because they were saying that we would find a lot of hadrosaur butts because a lot of the hadrosaurs got eaten and they were more meaty on top. And so this field had a lot of hadrosaur bottoms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it was really, really cool to just hold these massive bones, um, all different sizes. Just, it was like, wow. And you can tell they look like vertebrae. Yeah, they do. It was really cool. And it 
that honestly gets you a little excited to pick up the brush and the little pickaxe or whatever to see if you can find your own. And so after they kind of like walk you through and show you the differences between bones and rocks, which is really hard to tell, um, they give you your own tools. The four S's. What is that? I can't remember I can't what remember. they were, but I'll I ask my own. See, yeah. see if I can get it on. After that, so they give you your tools. It's probably like 10, 30, 11 o'clock before you kind of start chipping away slowly in this trench. And you're going deeper and deeper, just wearing away these rocks. And you really never know if a bone is going to be like under the next stroke of the little mm-hmm. axe. It's called an L. And then you have a brush to brush away all the little rocks and the pebbles. Um, like you said, it was almost, it's in a way, it's almost like gambling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the next one could hit. It's like, it's like hitting the jackpot. You don't know, you keep pulling the lever and you keep pulling the lever and you don't know if the next swipe or the next little pickaxe and the next rock that moves, if there's going to be a, a dinosaur bone under there. I mean, just think about that. You know, you've heard about dinosaur bones. We've talked about them, but to actually uncover one is pretty incredible. That thing is just how old? Millions? Is it millions of years? Is millions. it millions? It is Hundreds millions. Of millions. That's insane. I just can't fathom that. Um, but yeah, it's one thing to kind of know is it gets it got pretty hot um, in the middle of Montana in the middle of the summer. We're pushing 100 degrees mm-hmm. and there is no shade at all. Uh, they do a great job of bringing water for everybody, bringing lunch and stuff like that. So that was really nice that that was included. Um, time goes fast. And it's cool when you have a big group or people that are very talkative. We met the guy next to us. He was very talkative. Was very, yeah, they're, they're friends. They were all like a group of guy friends that were yeah. like seven, in their 70s. They were on like the Air Force and the Army and stuff. And they still traveled together and they were doing that. So they were really cool with us because, you know, when you're sitting sitting next to somebody all day in a trench digging, um, it's nice to have a good conversation with people next to you. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, really, really cool experience honestly and and as you mentioned if you find a bone you'd call over the guide in this case it was maya mm-hmm. and say hey is this a bone is this rock and if it was a bone they get pretty and excited it was either that type of rock that had the bone in it that yeah. i'm trying to look for the name the right now and i'm like starts with a c can't can't think of the name it's driving me nuts yeah and so they would wear away the rock to see if there was a bone in it um but yeah, no, pretty cool. They'd come over and be like, hey, this is this is one of them. I don't think it was the kid with the vertebrae, but it was the guy next to us. He found something. He's like, where did you find this? They they were pretty excited about it. Yeah. They called him right over and they're like, okay, don't touch it. Leave it alone. We need to mark where we got this. I'm going to write your name down. And so they write your name with the bone that's connected to it. And I'm not going to lie. I wanted to like knock him out of the way. I, be like- yeah, I found this. <laughs> you gave me one. I appreciate that. I Kristen was digging them all up after that. Um no, it's just a really, really cool experience. And it got cut short about 30 to 40 minutes or so because it started to rain. And with the roads out there in Montana, was created by a volcano. So apparently after it gets wet, it starts to sink and you can't move. The tires can't move through the, through the, through the roads. So we had to leave. they weren't real roads. It was just dirt paths. It was paths. just dirt paths in the middle of the mountains. So we had to leave a little early. Um I know you're kind of bummed about that. I actually was. I was getting tired, but I was still like, I was finding stuff. So I didn't want to leave. It was, it was a bummer. I, I don't feel like we missed much, but yeah, obviously you'll never know. We missed the petrified 
section that had fossils that we could have taken home. That's the section we missed. Because of the rain. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah. yeah, so let me go ahead and state this too. Is Everyone keeps asking, what do you do with the fossils? Do you get to bring them home? Well, initially I thought when we booked it, that's what we would get to do. But because they are researching them, um, they keep them. But as you mentioned, they put your name with it. So if it does pick up something big or part of something big, you go down in history, which I guess is pretty cool. I know both of you and I would love to have a dinosaur bone in the house right now. That'd be pretty neat. Um, but yeah, no, they actually keep them for research. So that's not recommended. And after the dig, so they kind of bring you back to the actual museum and they walk around. There's some legit, legit dinosaur bones in there. There's some entire, almost entire bodies, um, skeletal systems. The eggs were cool. I never thought that, that they would be able to find fossilized eggs. Yeah. And then they're gradually digging away at those little by little. Mm-hmm. These things are so, so fragile. And it's cool. They take you back in the little laboratory where they're actually bringing huge pieces of mud where fossils are in it and they're gradually wiping them away to see mm-hmm. what they have and everything. It's it's really cool. It's a really, really great learning experience. Um, would definitely recommend this for adults that are interested in this. And I think this, how cool would this have been if you were a kid doing this yeah. too, though? You know? Wow. Yeah, or get a group of friends so you can take up the whole van and like do it, like have your whole group yeah. be out there. It'd be cool. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was super cool. And you said you'd go back, correct? Yeah. Yeah. The problem is it's kind of getting there, I guess. It's in the, it's in the middle of nowhere. So just look it up, Dinosaur, um, Montana Dinosaur Center in Bynum, Montana. And so when that day ended, it was our plan to go to an Airbnb near the east side of Glacier National Park because if you're looking at a map, we're going from Bo- uh, Bozeman to Great Falls to Bynum to north. the east side. It is all north and it's going east to East Glacier. So there's East Glacier and West Glacier. And so we stayed, we actually had our first bear encounter that night. <laughs> I forgot about that. So our Airbnb was about an hour to an hour and a half away from Bynum. And it was only about five minutes from the entrance to East Glacier. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely recommend this Airbnb. I will it was go, great. It was, it, was, it was really good. I'm going to go ahead and link uh, her place in the show notes. It was the what, top part of like a house slash barn or something like that. It was on a like small farm. Yeah. I, would, I don't know if it even qualifies as a farm, but it, they had... Like animals, yeah, I mean, livestock, horses, and, and whatnot. Um, so very welcoming. It was this small little place, a small, it was a small room with a small bathroom, but it was great, very comfortable, very Super cozy, clean, very cozy, everything you need for a night's stay. Yeah, would recommend this if you're staying on the east side. I would highly recommend this. Like I said, I'll link it in the show notes. She was also very communicative, and the ratings were really good. The mm-hmm. price was really good. She made um, like fresh white chocolate cranberry cookies yeah. that were like insanely and, good. And people actually posted this on the Airbnb on the reviews too. So um, she did a great job. And as we were pulling up, it was our first bear encounter <laughs> ever. There's just a grizzly bear just running through the field yeah. like by the house. Oh, that's nice. Probably 100 to 200 yards away from the house. Uh, we were 30 seconds from pulling into the driveway. And there's a grizzly bear just running 
We're just like, are you kidding? Are you kidding me? I think this is where we're staying. It's like right by the cows, and you're like, what? Yeah. It's just like ran into the woods or yeah. something. Uh, we saw it clear as day. We saw a grizzly bear. And, uh, yeah, that was a sign of things to come. Should have known. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, highly recommend this place. And another huge benefit of this place was it being so close to the entrance of Glacier National Park on the east side. Because you're going to want to get up early and beat the crowd. And it's a five-minute drive into the entrance. It was hard to beat. We woke up at like 6 a.m., took a shower. We were there by 7, 7.30. So staying here was great. Great experience. And the location was top-notch. And so what we did on Saturday, we woke up. We went to Glacier National Park on the east side. Um, there was definitely already a bunch of people in the parking lot. Um, but we were at the mini glacier parking lot. Yes. And so we drove into the park, which is, I think it was like 10 miles or so. You'll come upon the mini glacier hotel, which is a lodge right out of like the Swiss Alps, basically. Right. I mean, this is, uh, it's an older lodge, but it looks like some kind of like a fantasy land, Swiss Alps, sound of music type of thing. Um, super cool. If you're going to look at staying there, um, I'm sure it is rather expensive, and you have to do this many, like many months ahead. ahead of time. I looked probably, what, January, February to book in August. Couldn't do it. So there you go. Just to give you a heads up, if you're going to look at staying here, which I think would be an awesome experience, you have to do this way in advance. Um, so we ate breakfast there, which I thought was pretty solid. It's It's, it's solid. There wasn't, there's nothing to eat. On the east side of Glacier, there's just, there's nothing to eat. <laughs> there's not much happening around there. So No comment. Yeah. So, well, to eat at the Mini Glacier Hotel, I thought it was decent. It's a decent, normal breakfast. And it's actually a really good place to get started on your day. So, we had just a breakfast buffet. It was like eggs, oatmeal, uh, like pancakes, French toast, stuff like that. Yeah, so, I'd say not worth $20, but... If you're going to eat something, eat up because you're going to be hiking. Yeah. So. And so, great place to to fuel up, hit the restroom, all that good stuff before you go hiking for the day. And so. And there's gift shops. Yeah, gift shops. It's a nice place. I would it's get, a good, like, starting point. I recommend, and an ending point. It's, I definitely recommend going there to at least see it, for sure. It's a really cool destination. Yeah, we ate lunch there, too, which yep. wasn't really great. Yeah. Either. <laughs> Well, hey, be honest. We gotta be honest with the people. Um, so <laughs> we went back for round two. Why did we do that? <laughs> well, as I mentioned, there was there's just not a whole lot happening in the east side yeah, of, of no, Glacier National Park. We didn't Park. really have a choice. Plus, we were traumatized. Oh, before we get any further, you do not need an entrance pass for the east side. Correct. For at least in the many glacier entrance, there's multiple entrances entrances on the east side. The many glacier does not need a park pass, which saves you 30 bucks, 40 bucks, whatever it was, right? I think it was like 20. 20? 20, 30 bucks, something like that. So, good thing to know. We bought one anyways, just in case. Um, so, our plan for that day was to hike the Grinnell Glacier hike. This is a hike I did five years ago. I've been dying to bring Kristen on. Um, it was semi challenging, but not too bad. The yeah. views are oh. awesome. I mean, I, I don't think it was really challenging. I mean, I don't know what's considered challenging, but... That's what it, I, said, I said semi. We've done, I mean, Mount Ta- Talek, 
Yeah, in Tahoe. In Tahoe was very challenging with the rocks and stuff. But this was not that. I don't know this like the part we didn't get to. Maybe that's where the more challenging slightly. Comes in. Yeah. So as Kristen said, the part we didn't get to. 80% of the trail was open. Um, the final, I'd say, probably mile or so was closed because of still snow on the trail, which is crazy because it's the end of July. Um, but there wasn't steep inclines as much as I no. expected. And the trail itself was pretty pretty easy to walk. Like, you don't, I don't feel like you even need real ankle high boots. Like, you can get away with, like, trail running shoes. Yeah. I would say it's a 5 out of 10 as far as. Yeah, it's not. It's not hard. I'd say it's moderate, not hard. But it was beautiful. Beautiful. Absolutely stunning. Yes. So that's the main reason I really want to take Kristen is because you start at Swift Lake right in front of uh, the Many, Many Glacier Hotel. And you start walking around that. And then you gradually start to, to elevate. You're going through all this forest. You start to elevate. You look over to the left. And the blue water, Kristen, is for real. Right? I um, was amazed. Yeah. yeah. So along this hike, you pass multiple lakes to your left, going up and up and up. And you can start seeing these beautiful blue lakes from up. And the further you go, and then, like I said, unfortunately, the trail was partially closed. The more you can see them from a distance and get a, a bird's eye view of them, get some amazing photos, great photo opportunities. And what we what we missed, I know because I did before, was probably another mile or so of going more up and then actually coming to the Grinnell Glacier itself. And there's another lake right there that you can just stand at, get pictures in. You can probably even step in if you really wanted to. Um, we did not get to do that, but we did get to do the majority of the hike. And we got up plenty high enough to see the beautiful blue waters. Yeah, stunning. It's hard to beat in blue water like that with all like the evergreen trees all around it. Is that's just nature at its finest. There's just something about being in the middle of that and it's just so like refreshing. I forgot that one of the chipmunks jumped on me. <laughs> that was so traumatizing. We got to the the top where as far as we could go. And we're sitting just on a rock and all of a sudden I feel these like two little hands like jump on my like thigh <laughs> it's a chipmunk because everybody feeds them yeah that's the thing so we came to the stopping point where the trail was closed and everyone was just kind of hanging out there for the for the views and everyone's like it's a great time to get in put something to eat so everyone's like feeding all the chipmunks and wildlife that just should not do you get attacked by a chipmunk i scare the shit out of you everyone heard me scream <laughs> but uh yeah no awesome hike um Definitely recommend it, but with a caveat, and we're going to get there here in just a moment. Um, when you're hiking in Montana, uh, wear hiking shoes. Come equipped. Come with bear spray. Do not take it lightly. Know how to use it. It's amazing how many people we have passed in our multiple years of hiking and this trail. They have flip-flops on and sandals, and it's just like... Okay, so hold on a second. We're in bear country here. We have bear spray. We're ready to go in case something happens. Are these people hiking the same trail that we're hiking? What am I missing here? There's like little babies and like two-year-olds running on this trail and stuff, which that's fine, but this is for real bear country. Um, don't take it lightly. 
and the Grinnell Glacier Trail is definitely one of those trails that has been known for bear sightings. We knew before we knew this before walking in there. There has been bear activity as well. So yes, bear spray was something that, like I said, we got in Bozeman. You have to bring on a trail. As you mentioned, you have to know how to use it. Know how to use it well ahead of time. And because it was just me and Kristen on this trip, we had the plan, we're going to latch on to another group. And great idea. Um, So we latched on to a group in the very beginning who we ended up running into again later as i don't know where they even went they didn't even make it to the top they were like hanging on the trail or something but we were always with people we were all we just you know going with two may be safe but there's definitely power by numbers especially in bear country and uh, i'll let you go ahead and tell the story of on the way down what happened no the way down everything was fine it was really just us we were feeling pretty confident because people were still passing us so we're like okay there's traffic we're talking, so we keep going down the hill. We meet up with another couple. We're walking with they're, them. They're telling us. Yeah. 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 Everybody kind of knew to be with one another. And then we get to where we're like a mile, two miles out from being done. And I'm like, oh, we're almost done. This is great. We haven't run into anything scary. And then all of a sudden, we run into the group that we had seen. And they're like, hey, we just spooked a mama grizzly, uh, a mama, a grizzly uh, cub. cub, and the mom's there, and she's not happy, and she's coming our way. And so this is literally right around a bend. We we're going to turn the corner, and the bear is right there, and the cub is right there. And so he's like, hey, back up, back up. And as he's talking, I hear the cub Yeah, like, the cub is crying. crying. And then you hear the roar of the mom. <sighs> and it was like right around the corner. So we did not see that happen. We heard it around the corner, and as we had documentation, our heart rates just shot right up. It, it got real, real fast. Um, the last thing you want to do is scare uh, a mom and her cubs. I know. I just remember looking at being like, what did we do? Yeah. And so the problem also Where do we go? was we had to go back up the trail because there was nowhere else to go. Um, so the first part of this trail is where we kind of hit where, when we were going back was all away all to your left side coming down was cliff like almost like going up with all vegetation trees and stuff like that. you can't really climb up that and to the right was the water so you be if you had to escape you'd be jumping in the water or something across the lake and hoping the bear doesn't chase after you because she jumped in the water yeah and knows how to swim and they're very fast yep and so what we ended up doing is backing up this entire group is backing up, and then a couple minutes later, you know, we would hear like the the bears on the trail keep backing up, keep going back, and then there was this group that was bathing in the in the in the water, like get out immediately. So they got out, and then so the one positive thing is like our group started to gradually get a little bigger because people were coming up behind us. We're like, hey, there's bear activity, like stay here, don't go any further. So our group got bigger. We had more cans of bear spray if necessary. We probably and you had it ready. You I, felt I, I very confident because we had looked at how to use it before we even started the hike. I, I had visions. <laughs> I had visions. You never, never knew. Um, 
So as you mentioned, yeah, the bear got into the water at some point. You saw it get into the water. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I did not see it get into the water, but you did. And so then at that point, I think a bunch of us were thinking, okay, can we get by if it's in the water? Can we scurry on by the trail? And it came back on the trail, right? So mm-hmm. we're just like, what the hell are we doing here? And keep in mind, probably 20 minutes have gone by now. And I don't think anybody feels really confident what to do next. No. We're as a group. And... Because she could easily... It's like, we didn't know when she... Like, she ran back up onto the trail. We're, we basically lost sight of her from there. Right, which is the scary thing. Yeah. But I will say also, I got a video of the mama bear and one of her cubs... Um, there was another one that we didn't see. There was another one that we didn't see. We were probably 50 to 60 feet away when I took this video. And it's just a 10 second clip, but you get a pretty clear view. And right up to the left of the bear, um, to the right of the bear, but left of the screen, is the, is trail. the trail. And the bear could have easily ran right back up there if we oh started to cross by. Um, yeah, so we were kind of stuck. And it was a scary situation. It was cool in a way. It was really cool if you knew you were going to survive no. and everyone was going to be okay. It wasn't cool. And I know I'm sounding dramatic, but that wasn't cool. I never right. want to experience that ever no, I'm again. I'm just saying, if it was guaranteed that you would be okay, it was. it's it's definitely an incredible experience. I've always thought in my years of hiking, even living in the mountains, there's a chance of running into a bear. But that was like... The worst experience I've ever had. Yeah. Even though I lived through it and I was fine, it was still terrible. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's something that'll shake you up for a little bit. Um, The last thing you want to do, like I said, is run into a cub and her mom. That's that's the last situation you want. And it was really cool that we had a big group of people. None of them were like super inexperienced or being like idiots about it. They all took it serious. We were blowing on whistles. We were making as much noise as possible as an entire group, just yelling, whistling, and banging on whatever we could. And so we gradually made our way through the next mile, not knowing where the hell this bear went. That was pretty nerve-wracking because we just didn't know where it went. Um, But as a group, we did it. Um, Appreciate everybody's everybody working together to make that happen. And, uh, yeah, the heart rate was, was racing for quite some time. We got back to... The Mini Glacier Hotel, um, we had to call everybody that we knew. I don't know what the hell just happened. It was a pretty crazy experience. And, uh, yeah, I know we had talked about possibly going hiking again that day, but I pretty much shot that down. We were pretty much done. That was a crazy experience. And so... We also had a decent drive to get to... Yeah, it was in our it was in our to-do list to go from the east side to the west side. It was not in my to-do list to do that and then going to the Sun Road. Um so the going to the Sun Road is perhaps one of the most famous things, if you will, um, in Glacier National Park. If you've listened to our podcast before, especially our Tahoe one, you will know that I don't do heights very well as well as ledges. And everything that I had read um, was about this. This road was, was amazing, but a little dicey. And admittedly, we had gotten to Montana where it was still on the table and a few people had said, <laughs> don't do not do it. If you if you have a fear of heights, if you're really afraid, don't do it. So honestly, that kind of was it for me. Plus, you have to get, you know, the, the lottery ticket to register your car. We had didn't really have much service. So to not have to rely on that was also like nice. 
Yeah, so going to the Sun Road, take a look at it. It's beautiful. If you don't mind heights, you have beautiful views. I mean, highly recommended. It's one of the most amazing roads in America. Uh, just wasn't for me. And uh, Kristen, as you mentioned, you have to like register to get the opportunity to do it. And you can't do it in advance. You have you can only yeah. get it like, like the day days, before. The, yeah, a couple of days in advance at, the, at max. So and even if you want to do it, you have to keep an eye on it and make sure you can do it. And, you, and your car has the right to do it. Plus, we rented a pickup truck that was pretty big, bulky, and like a tank. <laughs> Didn't necessarily feel super comfortable driving that thing on cliffs and ledges either. Um, I was pretty happy with this, Kristen. I don't know. Do you feel that you missed out not doing that? Do you feel? No. No? I wouldn't be surprised if you had said yes. Um, I know this is like a to-do list and a bucket list item for many people going to Glacier. Um, if but- we weren't driving, maybe... Maybe if we had someone else driving. Like a tour guide? Yeah. And they have those red trolley, those old school red trolley things, whatever you want to call them. In Glacier, they're all over the place. They're pretty iconic for that area. Um, yeah, maybe if you had another day or two, we'd be taking that thing somewhere yeah. around, which looks pretty but cool. But again, I don't also want to be in a car for longer than I need to, and I feel like that was kind of like... Yeah. And so going on the Sun Road, you go pretty slow because of these cliffs, and I'm sure you'll get out a few times. So it's just, it's not a quick drive. It's by three hours total, I would imagine. Um, so we ended up going around the park, which took about the same amount of time. So I didn't have any panic attacks, any anxiety of this road. Um, I much preferred that. And so going around the park was absolutely fine. Just takes a little time. And then we ended up in the whitefish area. And we stayed at a place called the Kandahar. Um, pretty cool. There was um, it was a really lodge. Nice. It, was, it was slightly bougie, yeah. <laughs> if you will. Um, you could definitely tell the people that stayed there had had some money. Um, they're doing well for themselves. You mean the Bentley didn't give it away? Yeah, the Bentley car. Wow. Um, yeah, you, you can tell. Uh, things are a little pricey up there. It is up the mountains of Whitefish, probably like a 10-minute drive, just like straight up. Cool place to stay. Um, definitely get some really cool views up there. Um, I would recommend the Kandahar. It just cost a little more. We kind of roughed it the first, you know, few nights. Post, we didn't know this Airbnb. We're just like, that's kind of a nice place to stay for a couple of days, you know? And uh, so we get there. And we head back down on a Sunday night. Whitefish is a cool town to walk around, but everything closed on a Sunday night. I imagine it's probably the same for ski season because it's Sunday night. And we ended up um, getting dinner. We really wanted to go to The Last Chair, right? Mm-hmm. So The Last Chair is a restaurant that has really good reviews. It was getting good reviews while we were actually in Whitefish, but they filled up. They just didn't have time <laughs> For us, or we, we forgot to book a reservation or whatever. We wish we had a chance to eat at the last chair. Um, we also heard that it was a witch house. Mm-hmm. It was really good to make sandwiches. Um, Adam and Catherine from Adventures A Plus K actually recommend that. They recommend that after we had already eaten. Um, but it was actually rated pretty high. But we wanted to go to a brewery. Um, it had some cool things in the menu um, called Bonsai. Yep. Um, I know you weren't super impressed with it. Give your thoughts on that. We're kind of spoiled here, I think, in North Carolina when it comes to the beer scene. So um, 
okay beer. Um, and then the food honestly was, was I mean, they had the smoked meat that was good. Um, I wouldn't say I'd really find myself wanting to go there again. Yeah. It was par. Yeah. It was par. And everything. Good out atmosphere. There, yeah. And everything out there costs. You're, you're paying ski town money. Yeah. For food out there, no matter what it is. Um, yeah, it was like $60 a meal, $70 a meal. And sometimes you'd walk away being like, mm, that was okay. Yeah. The tacos I got were, what, $16? And I, like, the tortillas were just completely inedible. And the, but the smoked meat in it was very good. Mm-hmm. So I just ate the meat. Yeah. So I paid $16 for smoked meat. And I had a poke bowl. I was pretty happy with that. It was very salty. Very salty and over overdressed. Yeah. But. But, uh, I mean, with these, you know, ski towns, like, it's hit or miss sometimes. Uh, Like I said, last year we really wanted to do that. Um, It was booked and we couldn't do it. We were kind of bummed about that. But, um, so up to the Kandahar for the night. and Which the food there was great. Yeah. Overpriced, but very good. Yes. But it's bougie. So, that's what you're going to get. Yeah. And so, keep in mind, you can eat at the Kandahar, but it is, like you said, very expensive. Mm -hmm. But it is pretty decent. Mm -hmm. Cocktails were really good. Yeah, there. yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think. So we stayed two nights at the Gannon. Mm-hmm. Um, so we woke up early the next morning to go to the west side of Glacier National Park. And this was awesome. This was a really good time. Uh, we went to uh, Lake McDonald first. Mm-hmm. Which and- is very, it's, you still, you enter the park on the west side. You need a park pass and your park registered, your car registered. Mm. so yeah so just know it but but we found a way around that because with glacier outfitter we booked our kayaking um what do you want to call it tour? kayaking mm-hmm. pass or pass. whatever yeah just for us to, to do kayaking that was our that counted as our registration yep not the park pass okay so it counted as registration yeah okay Good it probably know. could have counted as both but i bought it i had a park pass anyway mm-hmm. and i panicked i think <laughs> went through the gate so that's something to clarify if you go through glacier outfitters and which one but it definitely gets you the car registration so just know ahead of time if you're going to book that you might not need a pass go ahead and confirm with glacier outfitter um they're super cool they're easy mm-hmm. to work with they text you and they respond yeah i love that you text some questions you actually get a human that responds um so we went early in the morning eight o'clock or so next 8 8 30 because their reservation was at nine and you don't want to get there a whole lot later than that because of parking parking, um the cars you know the traffic gets real so if you're in glacier it's it's a legit place to go people want to go and so we got the uh glacier outfitter we just wheeled our kayaks into the water here's a few few things to note one of them if you want to get that picture. You've seen the pictures of Lake McDonald's with the pebble color rocks. This is where it is. You walk right up to the shore. You see them in real life. They are not as colorful. They're still pretty. They're pretty. still pretty. They're still colorful. What you're seeing online has a little bit of saturation and vibrancy added to it. Um, I have the exact shot myself. You can get the photo really easily. It is very pretty. Um, recommend it. Actually, recommend taking a few rocks. If you can. <laughs> I wish we took a few rocks just to have them as a souvenir. Um, but it doesn't. It's not necessarily as vibrant as some of the photos you take. But definitely get there. This is this is where you take that. And two, 
we were quite possibly the first ones out in the kayak. We, we, mm-hmm. Yeah, nine o'clock is the first like tour out. And the water was extremely calm. Yeah. It was, I don't think I've ever kayaked in water with nothing. No ripples. You can see right down. It was awesome. So recommend doing it early. There's less people and the water's They even recommend it. Yeah. Awesome. Highly recommend doing that. And kayaking was just fun together. Mm -hmm. It was like 80 bucks for both of us, right? For two Mm -hmm. hours. For two hours. Two hours is a good amount of time. I was happy with two hours. Yeah, because I didn't feel like we needed to go any further. Yeah. And so we stayed to the left. They don't recommend going down the middle because of the current and everything. So we stayed to the left and we came upon uh, bald eagles nesting area. Mm-hmm. Um, they recommend don't get too close. They get upset about that. Um, but I got some really cool photos of the eagles. I have to actually take those off my SLR camera. We saw multiple of them um, just up in the tree. It was really cool because that's not something we see every day here in North Carolina. Even that's though we sure. have them. We do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shelly Lake. Really? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Um, no, really cool to see them in that area. Uh, Lake McDonald is just really nice. I'm surprised they allow motorboats and stuff there. Yeah, so, it's a shame because the water is so beautiful. So just know that too. So the later you go, there's more people on there. There's more, more motorboats, all that kind of stuff. So recommend hitting that up first thing in the morning. It was very calm, very quiet. It was awesome. And then... So Lake McDonald, that area is a little more, they have more shops, stores, places to get coffee. It's like the Disney World of glaciers. <laughs> it's not that bad, but I get what you're saying. There's way more to do on the west side and the east it's side. More the people that you would you see wearing like jeans and like yeah. flip-flops and dresses that's just like hanging. They're the people who like to say they went to Glacier, but never hiked Glacier. <laughs> exactly. With their coffee and their like margaritas on the side of the street. Exactly. Yeah, you can get an ice cream there. There's a little like, convenience stores, there's gift shops, all that kind of stuff that's right there. Um, so, you know, it, it's a little more hiking and comfort, if you will, and or you can grab a kayak. Glamping. Glamping, if, if you will. Um, cool area, though. Definitely love the west side. And so after that, um, we wanted to do a little hike that wasn't too strenuous. I know after the bear scare the day before, um, you know, we were a little hesitant. Still had that bear spray. And so we ended up actually driving on going to the Sun Road for 15 miles to Avalanche Trail, which is recommended to us as it was the most populous trail in all Avalanche of Glacier. Lake, yeah. Avalanche Lake, in all of Glacier National Park. Um, so one, I didn't want to do going to the Sun Road, but we did it anyways. And it's a ways away from where it gets crazy and, and steep. So I felt comfortable doing that. I, yeah, I can say I drove some of it. And what was your thoughts on the Avalanche Trail and Lake? I read about it and I knew it was going to be like touristy, but everyone who talked about it said that it was worth it because it's so beautiful. Yeah. Like it's worth like the, how crowded it is, which wasn't really that crowded when we went. I mean. And it makes me feel comfortable too. After the bear thing, I didn't care how many people were on the trail. Yeah. It's like the more the merrier. Um, and everyone was very good and courteous when it came to like passing and, and stuff like that. So yep. be- absolutely beautiful with the water. It was very pacific northwest like mm-hmm. when it came to the trail with the trees how wide the trail was and it winded around and it was just it was just fun yeah it's it's a trail that is beautiful um in the forest windy some elevation it's a good workout mm-hmm. um not strenuous but it's a legit hike and it wasn't super long either 
what I would say is I think what we learned from doing that is I would do it either first thing in the morning before a bunch of people get there because I've, I think this is the most popular trail. I'm feeling when you get to the end where the crystal clear lake is, probably is very crowded. Mm-hmm. And or like we did on accident, wait for that whole morning, early afternoon crowd yeah. to leave. And we did it. I, I don't know, what is it, 2 o'clock or so? We did the trail, and there were still plenty of people, but I, I don't think it was as bad as it was earlier in the morning. So Avalanche Trail was highly recommended. I would say 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10, as far as like yeah. beauty and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, getting to the lake at the end is like... Super cool. So cool. Absolutely zero heights, no cliffs, no mountains or anything like that. There is some elevation. You're going to get a little bit of a workout. Waterfalls. Yeah. Super cool. Definitely recommend it. It's like iconic Glacier National Mm -hmm. Park. So uh, definitely recommend that. And after that, we went back to the Kandahar Hotel. Um, Woke up on Monday morning. Went back down to Whitefish, hoping to scope out that scene a little more. And I guess we kind of goofed again, right? Because we didn't really get into any of the really good breakfast places ahead of time. Um, yeah, I guess one thing that we're learning as we go here, book book in advance. Do your research and homework on places to eat. Um, these are small towns, so they probably fill up very fast, especially during very busy times. And Glacier National Park is a very busy place in July and August. Mm-hmm. So we goofed. But we ended up finding a crepe place. You thought it was pretty good, right? Simply, yeah. Simply crepe? I, not simply crepes. Amazing I, crepes, something like that? I don't know. I don't remember what the name was. Yeah. So, okay. So, the place was called Amazing Crepes. Okay. Um, yeah. Pretty decent. Not bad. I mean, I feel like we got pretty lucky considering every other place was full. Like 30, yeah. 40, 50 minute wait. And we didn't have that. We needed to get out of town. And we also brought coffee from Wild Coffee Company. Yeah. That was a pretty cool, trendy place. Yeah. You can tell. And they, they have some food there, too. I know you thought it looked pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, Whitefish is a cool town. I liked walking around it. You just got to plan ahead. Uh, got to make sure things are open. And you have to make sure that if you want to eat something, you have reservations at that time. Because there was long waits or just kind of get in, in, yeah. in general. So, Whitefish, cool place. Recommend going. You can also do some hiking there and some skiing there as well on the outskirts of Glacier National Park. And so one of the reasons I said that we wanted to get going was our final leg of the trip was to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Um, it was about a four-hour drive from Whitefish to Coeur d'Alene, and we were not going back down to Bozeman to fly to Bozeman. We were doing um, a different trip that ended up through Coeur d'Alene to Spokane and flying out of there. Um, so we wanted to see different parts of the country and I know I had a great experience with Idaho a couple months ago and Coeur d'Alene was on my list. I did not get to see it. And it was a four hour, four plus hour drive from Whitefish to Coeur d'Alene and there was absolutely nothing in between. Nothing. Um, yeah, through that part of Montana, Western Montana, there's no, there's nothing. There is absolutely nothing. Um, I would say the last hour or so. It was a really kind of a beautiful drive. Um, once you get into Idaho, um, you're kind of weaving a little bit through the mountains, and then you get the water down there and everything, and the water's still blue over there. Mm-hmm. It's like a bluish green. Um, that was cool. That last part of the drive we really enjoyed. And then we got to Coeur d'Alene, 
Um, I thought Coeur d'Alene was lovely. What were your thoughts on Coeur d'Alene? Loved it. That was very pretty. Yeah. it's a, That was a really good place to end this trip, to end an adventure. Um, slightly a welcome back to civilization, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, Whitefish is a good town for that, but Coeur d'Alene was... It was um, a slightly more ritzy, you was you saying? Oh yeah, a, yeah, yeah. You, it's it's got more money. Yeah, <laughs> it's got a lot of money. Whitefish is not cheap by any means, uh, but Coeur d'Alene definitely has some money. It is right there on the water. Uh, it was really cool. We we walked in the floating docks there. Yeah, um, one which, of the largest like uh, floating boardwalks. Is it really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I didn't know anything about it. We just walked right down to the yeah. water. Um, I didn't do a ton of research in Coeur d'Alene. I just knew it was a beautiful place. And mm-hmm. so we parked the car and just walked around. And parking, finding parking here was easy. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a place that I would definitely go back to yeah. again for sure. Um, as, as I mentioned, we walked on the floating docks. We just walked right to the water. I was like, hey, let's go. And so we walked along there. It's right in the marina there. And then... Um, you get to watch, main... like, seaplanes and ships come in. Yeah, yeah. People are there, like, um, just, like, beaches, like, little small beaches a really really cool place and there was like um like a crew like a little mini cruise ship where people are probably eating and drinking and mm-hmm. somebody to take you out to the lake you can do wave runners jet skis which would have been really paddle cool. boats yeah definitely uh i would say i wish we had a little more time there that would have been cool it would have been cool to wake up in Coeur d'Alene and do something like yeah. that um but spending the evening there was was great and then so we walked all along the water we made it back to like the main strip, and for dinner in Coeur d'Alene, we ate at the Crafted Tap House and Kitchen. This was quite possibly one of our best meals of the trip, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was really good. The sweet potato fries, they are known for. I love them. I love sweet potato fries, and they are awesome. Um, definitely recommend the Crafted Tap House and Kitchen. There's a few other places that were rated decently well there, so... Finding good food there, we don't think was going to be much of an issue. Um, walking there in the main street, Bozeman type of feel, right? I mean, it had stores, it had coffee shops, uh, places to get drinks, mm-hmm. restaurants, a um, couple roads, a couple blocks of things to do. Yep. Um, really cool. It felt pretty safe there, too. Mm-hmm. I felt really good. And uh, I know I took you for a little bit of a walk and you wanted to go get ice cream there in Coeur d'Alene. So we walked about a mile off the track and we got ice cream at Panhandle Cone and Coffee. Yeah. What was your thoughts on that? Very good. I got a, a lavender honey ice cream and I think the other flavor was like coconut huckleberry. It was like a coconut berry. Probably huckleberry. Flavor. Everything there is huckleberry. Um, super, super delicious. Um, and the cone was good too. So with these places that we go to, we're going to put them in our show notes. Um, so if you do go here, you can refer back to that. Kristen is a really good judge of food, especially ice cream, especially pizza. So take her word for it. If she says it's good, you got to check it out because if it's bad, she'll tell you. Um, but yeah, no, we, we really enjoyed our time in Coeur d'Alene. We watched the sunset there. We got some really cool photos in Coeur d'Alene. And we, we both wish we could spend more time there, but... Our flight was supposed to be out very early in the a.m. the next morning out of Spokane with Southwest. And so we actually had it on the radar to book a hotel right outside the airport. You can We literally walked to the airport, mm-hmm. um, but they changed our flight to fly out later that morning. So 
it's kind of a bummer. We would have booked a place to stay in Coeur d'Alene had we known that, I guess. Um, so we end up passing through Spokane. I don't know. I don't really have much to say in Spokane because we didn't really no. get to spend much time there. I would like to, just looking at the town through the highway, I would like to spend a day or two there. I genuinely would. Um, seemed like a pretty cool place, just looking at it from afar. And I do know we woke up in the morning, went for a run, got some Starbucks coffee. We hung around the airport. Starbucks so. there was very nice. The Starbucks by yes. the airport, those people were very nice. That's actually very nice. We have never, ever... We've gotten cold brews with cold foam in the triple digits. Yeah. This is the first time they ever gave gave us the extra cold foam. They were like, foam. oh, you want the extra cold foam? We'll put it in a cup for you. Yeah. It's like, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. We never knew that was an option. You think, it was like, what do they do with it? They throw it out. It's like, that's the, my favorite part is the cold foam. Uh, I'd go to Starbucks even more if they gave us the extra cold foam. Um, you're right. Good call. They were very nice. And I will say from the two airports we went to, both of them were absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Both of them were on a smaller scale. The Bozeman Airport was yeah, decently small, easily accessible, easy to move Even the around. woman at checkout was great. Yeah. The Avis at the Cape counter. Avis car rental. Yeah, Very her name friendly. Donna. She Very was friendly. great. And the Spokane um, Airport wasn't a whole lot bigger. And I personally love that. Most people probably do because it's just easy to get in and out. No, security doesn't take too long. Um, really good experiences with the Bozeman and the Spokane Airports. No, no major delays. People that are very friendly. Um, yeah, highly recommend both those airports. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely do it again. And I can actually say, I know you've had hit and miss with Southwest. Southwest has been pretty good with with me for the most part. The people working Southwest this year, they got everyone to chuckle on like most oh, of yeah. our flights. Yeah. Very nice, very very nice people. They were telling jokes. They were actually telling jokes about themselves, which I was pretty surprised about um but yeah uh props to southwest for our our flight this time and Kristen, overall recap what was your thoughts of this crazy adventure in montana i think it was just as expected i think we planned well or you know what we could plan you know again we you say like we could have planned better with like picking out restaurants and stuff we didn't know what time we were going to be getting in town yeah so it's like can't really make reservations for places when we don't know what we're going to be doing. So it's kind of luck of the draw. And, you know, we, we packed our snacks again and we went through the entire thing. We planned really well. We Trader Joe's, packed our cooler, had what we wanted. So. Yeah. Uh, and so hopefully us giving you some recommendations on places we did go can, like, save you time on, like, places to look for restaurants or just do a little bit of research before you go on these places. Have an idea of a plan A, B, and mm-hmm. C just in case. Um, Christian, you're a master of packing snacks. It is that's been the greatest money saver since we went to Tahoe, since we went to Alaska, and now Montana. Packing snacks, we go to like Trader Joe's and the Harris Cedar here down the street, and we just pack a bunch of snacks. It's apples, it's fruit snacks, it's whatever you name it. Mm-hmm. Um, saves you a bunch of money, and when you're always just like you're hiking, you're in the car. We were in the car a lot again. Uh, you're on the trails and stuff. You need, you need food to eat, and you got to eat. And, you know, it's a hell of a lot better than spending all the money that it costs for snacks out there or not eating at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for being a lifesaver when it comes to that. I really genuinely appreciate that. Um, I- recommend that for everybody is to bring a ton of snacks because food out there in general 
is very expensive. And I'm, we can compare it to some places and mostly here in the Raleigh, North Carolina area. When you go to these ski towns, food is pretty expensive. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say another thing that we did or like something to look at more too is all trails. Look at all trails. Uh, people post, I'd say, regularly on that website. And so you can see if there is bear activity, if there's any other activity on the trail that you need to know of, how long it takes to hike, like perspectives. And then also the Facebook groups of Hiking Glacier and what to expect. I, I usually try to monitor those sites before we head out to a certain spot. So real quick, question before we wrap this up, highlight of the trip. Highlight for me was definitely the Dinosaur Center. As beautiful as Glacier was, which I love the Avalanche Lake Trail. Grinnell was wonderful. I actually think I liked Avalanche better. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the dinosaur thing, I think, was everything I'd ever hoped for. My five. I'm glad I, I, that made me nervous because I was like, I hope she loves this. I hope she loves this. I mean, it was kind of like a no-brainer that you would. But I'm glad it turned out the way that it did. The people that are very friendly um, would recommend it to anybody. As we mentioned, Glacier Park, um, Glacier National Park, live up to the hype, yay or nay? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's for real. Mm-hmm. Glacier National Park is one of those legit wild national parks. Yeah. It's up there with like a Denali. You will see wildlife. You have to be prepared. Um, don't take it lightly. It's uh, some of these national parks are a little easier to get around in. They're just kind of pretty to look look at and drive through. This is a legit national park. T- uh, take it serious. Yeah, it's it's for real. And it is. What were you reading about grizzlies? It is like the most populous. Yeah, world. it's the like I think the like has the most population of grizzlies of all the national parks, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like. It just baffles me that people are walking in sandals and doing these like six, seven mile trails. It's like, I, I don't know what you're thinking. So come prepared, be prepared, and bring bear spray, know how to use it <laughs> just in case. But overall, Montana, it's a beautiful place. Um, not a whole lot in between some of these places. So fill up on gas whenever you can. Um, but really, really cool experience another one down in the books yeah and the big one is still to come yeah 20 20 something days away Mm -hmm. sedona here we come all right so i'll catch you next time in the pursuit of happiness i appreciate you hearing about this trip we hope it's super helpful we've we've received some really good feedback on previous episodes so we're going to keep doing this and we love helping others and the more we the more we travel the more we're going to help you so we'll catch you next time in the next episode Thank you all for listening to this episode of my adventure with Kristen in Montana. If you found this helpful, please let me know. Please also share it with family and friends. Um, I do believe you can easily take away many things from this podcast to help you on your trip and your journey to Montana, Glacier National Park and Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and Bozeman as well. Such a great trip, great area. We highly recommend it. So please get out there, go do it. 
go experience life and pursue your happiness. That is what life is all about. And that is what I try to bring to you on a weekly basis. So if you've enjoyed this episode or any other episode, please subscribe, please leave a review and share this with family and friends. And uh, until next time, I'll catch you on the next episode of the Pursuit of Happiness podcast.